Welcome to the Raising Christian Kids podcast. Your host, Leanne Mancini, is extremely passionate about helping children to have a strong foundation in Jesus. You will be equipped with methods and techniques to help solidify a relationship between your child and Jesus. So let's dig deep and raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I am so happy to have Arlene Pellicane on the show today. Arlene is a speaker and host of the Happy Home podcast and author of several books, including Parents Rising, 31 Days to a Happy Husband, and Screen Kids. She has been featured on the Today Show, Fox and Friends, the Wall Street Journal, and Focus on the Family. Arlene lives in San Diego with her husband, James, and their three children. Thank you, Arlene, for being on the show today. It's so nice to be with you, Leanne. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with our listeners today. And so I'm going to start out by asking you about media devices and their effects on children. How are media devices a deterrent for children to build a strong foundation in Jesus? So technology is very much a part of our kids' lives right now. And can technology be used to help them connect to God? Absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of times as parents and grandparents, we get the iPad, we get the phone, because maybe they will listen to a podcast that has Christian ideals. Maybe they'll listen, you know, to a radio program for kids that, you know, are real life stories that have biblical principles. So it's there, you know, they can learn biblical things on the phone, but how are most kids using it, right? If the average child, when you ask, hey, what are you doing? They're not listening to a Christian program, you know? So we have to live in the real world. So if you as a parent, a grandparent want to use technology to, to share faith with your child, then do that on purpose. Say, okay, we're gonna listen to this half an hour podcast for kids, and then we're going to collect all the devices and that's it for the day. And I think if that's how you use technology, that could be very redemptive and something really healthy for your kids. But life happens and work happens and you get busy and that child now has the device and is asking, oh, can I just do a little bit more? And, you know, again, we want to be really honest as parents, we're like, okay, because we have to do things too. So then that's when you have to think what is being offered to your child on a screen and usually what follows what you have wanted to give your child is something that isn't pure, holy, just, et cetera. And even just the pacing of a program, you know, think of Mr. Rogers of yesteryear. That was very slow, very relational, conversational, one camera, nothing too snazzy, right? I mean, you really, your attention is actually, I think, being strengthened as you're watching Mr. Rogers. That's not how media is today for kids. Things are quick, things are fast, things are exciting, things are have to give, you know, have this, you know, dopamine hit. And so you're introducing your child and, and you're conditioning their brains to expect that quick hit, that quick reward, very low barrier of entry. Hey, all I have to do is turn it on. And all of a sudden I get all these rewards. It's so exciting. I'm earning things and stars are in the sky and things are changing color and I'm dressing things and I'm getting results. It's like pulling that slot machine. And so for kids, when they're raised on that, and then you say, hey, let's read the Bible. It's like, okay, that's really boring. I don't know how to do that. And so we have to consider what is happening in the child's mind. You know, what are they getting used to? What's getting normal? And then content-wise, what are they consuming? Because a lot of things in mainstream media, YouTube, et cetera, even though it's geared for kids, 
it's not faith friendly. And so these are things we have to be really careful about. You know, I think you're absolutely right. And I really appreciate you sharing those thoughts. And I believe that part of the problem while we're losing our generation is because of media devices. Yeah. I think they have such a heavy influence on our children, on their minds, you know, feeding them things that they normally wouldn't be fed if it wasn't for that media device. And it's, you know, time spent. So think of it before the device was there, how did that child spend their time? They might be reading, they might be playing with a sibling, working with blocks, creating imaginative play, talking back and forth with their mom and dad at mealtime, et cetera. Right. So that time was spent different and they were learning different things. But now it's like, okay, they're not necessarily talking to their sibling. They're not necessarily talking to their parents. They're on their device. And what's that device? How is that device feeding and discipling them? And I think that is the huge problem that then they grow up with this. They need this affection and love. You know, Dr. Gary Chapman, my co-author of Screen Kids in the Five Love Languages, a kid needs to feel loved. And a lot of kids don't feel loved today because the devices can't. They can't provide that feeling of love and connection. Only people can. But kids today are spending the majority of their time with their devices. And that's a huge, that is a huge problem. I believe you've said before that you don't give your children, you haven't given them the phone. If they want to use a phone, you give them your phone, correct, to use? It is right. And so you think, oh, well, she must have a 10-year-old. No, my kids are old. (laughs) So it's kind of a joke. So you may use me when your child says, well, everyone has a phone except me. You know, we live in San Diego, go to public school. I have a junior in high school, a boy, Ethan, a freshman in high school, Noel, a girl, and then a sixth grader, Lucy. So none of them have personal phones or personal iPads, but we do have a lot of technology in the house. You know, just for online school, everyone was issued a device from school. And then we have desktop computers and laptops and things like that. So we're not afraid to use technology. We get it. Like that's part of how things roll now, but we're very much, we don't want it in their pocket. And so what we have found is, you know, there are some inconveniences, but they're, they're very slight, you know? So instead of my son having a phone, he's got to ask his friend who is two feet away, Hey, can I use your phone to text my mom? So yeah, that's a little inconvenient, but it's a, it's a lot more convenient than the phone of the past where you had to find a pay phone and all that. My daughter, uh, she's a freshman. She does not have social media. So when she wants to see something, she looks at my social media account, like to see the things she's interested, the hobbies she's interested, the people she wants to follow, et cetera. So that's funny because then she likes cards. She likes cardistry. It's basically doing fancy things with cards. So when you look through my Instagram feed, it's all cards. <laughs> so there's some inconveniences, but you know what? I welcome it. So it's, it's kind of like the figure out how can you delay the giving of the devices as much as possible? And for us, we found this works really well. And so we're just going to keep on this track. I think that's wonderful because we're not to be our children's best friends. We're to be their parents. And so I think delaying devices is, is crucial. It's yeah. crucial at this time. And, you know, yeah. the devices make sure you know what they're watching when they are watching something. Make sure it's, you know, age appropriate and you've approved the, the website or the material that they're viewing or digging into. So let me go to the second question. What new methods, information, or guidance can you share to empower or equip all who are raised in the next generation to help their children use media devices to help them gain biblical knowledge and understanding? Yeah, I think that biblical knowledge and understanding is best taught and learned, you know, when they're healthy kids, right? When they're thriving, when they have their needs met, et cetera. So 
they're doing this study. It's an ABCD study from the National Institutes of Health of 10,000 kids, and they're following them over 10 years. It's the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development Study. And they found that healthy kids have three things in common. And I think these three things lay a really great groundwork. They're doable. And they kind of give us the groundwork of, okay, this is how, where we can build a foundation with our kids. It's nine to 11 hours of sleep. So seeing that your kids are sleeping enough. And if they have a digital baby in their room, a phone, a device, that's one o'clock ding, two o'clock ding, five o'clock ding in the morning, you know, that's going to be a problem. So one of the action steps is just making sure that that child is getting a good night's sleep. And that means having it device-free. So if you've, if you haven't given a device, then keep doing that. And if you need to apologize and get that device back, then that might be an action step from this podcast. So sleeping one hour of physical activity, body is the temple of the Holy spirit. Keep it active, keep it moving. You know, kids are naturally good at exercise. So it's kind of the device devices that have slowed them down. Right. But they're very naturally good at moving. So keep them moving. And then two hours or less of that amusing screen time that I call digital candy versus a digital vegetable, which is kind of what we're doing right now. Something to learn, something that's not addictive, but kids are getting a lot of digital candy, YouTube, Netflix, et cetera. When kids have these benchmarks, then they're much more ready. Like the soil of their heart is much more ready to go to church service and be able to sit down and pay attention right? To go to kids' church, but once in a while, come with you to the normal, you know, adult service and be able to sit there, to be able to serve, to be able to volunteer, you know, maybe have an older child and they can volunteer with younger children, to read the Bible, to read Christian biographies, et cetera. They are more able to sit, pay attention, do those kinds of things when they have those three things, exercise, sleep, and a limited amount of fun kind of junk food screen time. And we need the same thing. We need the same thing. Same thing. And I think you can use media devices for biblical knowledge. If you just watch what they're watching again, Answers in Genesis has great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Answers TV, which is from also Answer in Genesis. They have a lot of good stuff too. And Yippee, you know, Christian streaming. Make sure yep. that your child is on a media device, that they're watching something that feeds them yes. knowledge and understanding, feeds their soul. And monitor, again, everything that they're doing. It's so important. So the third question, what material can you share with the audience specifying how it will help raise the next generation to be strong in their faith, starting from whenever you think? Yeah. So I think this is modeling, right? They're going to look at you and that's, that's going to be their model. So, you know, I was recently at this conference, the D6 family conference. And they had a fraction on the, a t-shirt. It was one over six, 168. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> so I finally asked someone, what does that mean? And they were talking about that one hour of the week for a normal Christian family may be spent in church, but that's only one hour of 168 hours that are available to you in the week. And so as you, as a parent, a grandparent, a caregiver, an aunt, uncle, you're thinking about your children, realize, okay, the church has a limited amount of time with your child to teach them Bible, to show them that God loves them, to teach the truth of God's word, to be service to the community, et cetera. So that's just a little bit of time that they're at church, but a lot of time they're at home. And so that can be very intimidating because you feel like, oh, but I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher. What do I do? You know? And so you can keep things very simple but have that idea that I, as a parent, I am the main discipler of my child. And sometimes that is the thing we need as adults to get us to go, God, I depend on you. God, I need you. I need to grow in my faith. 
so that I can give something to my child, right? And God is so willing to meet you and to be like, I want to fill you up so you can feed your children. So this looks like reading a Bible story to your, to your young child every night. I remember those days of, you know, the toddler Bible, and it's just two or three pages and you're reading to your child. And that's such a beautiful thing because they're ending with the word of God. They're ending with that experience of sitting next to you and, and listening to you read. They have a love for reading at a young age. So if you have young kids, you know, end the day with a Bible story, begin the day with a prayer, maybe put a devotional type of book on your, or the Bible, obviously on your breakfast table. So that as you're having breakfast together and you don't have to make this as huge, heavy thing where they're like, oh my word, <laughs> mom or dad, it's going to be in one hour later, you know? You just read a few verses, you chat, you pray, and you go on through the day. And one thing that really helped me was the organization Moms in Prayer. And that is just simply two praying moms for every school. That's the mission. You and one other mom say, we will pray for our children and we will pray for this school. And my oldest, as I said, was a junior. He's in 11th grade. I started Moms in Prayer when he was in first grade. And just meeting with another mom has made all the difference to pray for our kids. So I think if your kids see you, you love the word, they see you reading the Bible, they hear you pray for them out loud, they see your life, that this is authentic. This isn't just like we attend a church service and then everything else is like the same as our neighbor, but that this makes a difference in our lives, knowing Jesus and trying to be more like him. And as they see that, and it doesn't obviously doesn't have to be perfect. When you mess up, you say, oh, I'm so sorry. I just yelled at you. That was not like Jesus. I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. You know, now you're modeling how to apologize. So I think the best way you can think, how can I transmit this faith is have a real vibrant faith of your own. Seek that, seek God, and he will be found. And then live that out in front of your kids. And then have intentional touch points like that Bible story at night prayer in the morning, prayer as they go off to school, et cetera. Yes. You know, D6 is based, that organization is based mm -hmm. on Deuteronomy chapter six, Yeah, which is when, you know, impress these upon your children, impress these directives when you wake up, when you walk along the path, when you lie down. And, and, and it's more than just one hour a week. And it's more than just vacation Bible study. We have to do so much more, but it has to be organic. Like you said, it has to be living your day-to-day -day life, letting your child see you live out your faith and interacting with them throughout the day. And, you know, I tell parents, you can simply set an alarm on your phone. We set alarms for everything. Set an alarm on your phone three times a day that says, hey, let's go outside and let's go look at God's creation and give him thanks. Yeah. Sit down beautiful. and say a little prayer of thanks for our neighbor who is hurting. You know, three different things throughout the day. I just love the work you're doing to help parents to navigate this saturated evil media and how to pull it back and how to raise them not to be in a digital world. And if they are, what parents can do. So I hope parents will go to your website and I hope they will read your wonderful books. And I just want to thank you today for being on Raising Christian Kids. Thank you so much. And that book is Scream Kids. And there's also a companion book. If you've got parents that are watching your kids a lot and you kind of want to get on the same page, there's also Grandparenting Screen Kids. And you can find these at ScreenKidsBook.com, ScreenKidsBook.com, along with the webinar that Dr. Chapman and I offer you. Thank you. And for our listeners, let's all work together to raise our children to have a strong faith in Jesus. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. 
Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.